Survivors Protection Act, and it only applied to cases of an abortion or attempted abortion that results in a child being born alive. Well, I guess the, if I got this right, the president uh, was making um, reference to being, you know, the late-term abortion and being opposed to it. And um, there's an article that I ran across that said that Paula White, who's uh, a, um, what, what is she, a spiritual advisor, one of the spiritual advisors to President Trump, and she was saying that his opposition to late-term abortion is not just about politics, but it's his personal conviction and she was interviewed not too long ago and revealed that a day after Trump rebuked supporters of late-term abortion and urged Congress to ban the practice when he was giving his State of the Union speech, he faced off with Democrat Senate Chris Coons of Delaware about a controversial law in New York State that now allows abortions up to birth. And White said that the president thrust his face over the Democrats' shoulder so they were nearly cheek-to-cheek and said in his ear, so you can do that to a baby, and that's not a human, is it? And you have no problem? Isn't it called murder? Right. At least he stands 
for something that is uh, righteous and makes sense, I mean, in the country should know that the president stands against. And and I don't think everybody and, and and it's a good thing that this article came out because I don't think people know right. or how the president really feels about that. And there are probably people out there that don't, that don't even realize you that know, they have late term abortions like that. You know, because the media just suppresses a lot of this. You know, it just kind of talks about what it, they feel is. Right, they're just they're just destroying babies, just destroying lives. And he really he really cares. He really cares about the babies. He ca you know I um I don't know. He really cares about the babies. Right. He recognizes that they're lives. They're not just something, not just a thing, not an it. It's a human and, life. And and you know in his. Uh, State of the Union address. Now, I don't know how many people know this either, you know, because uh, Trump here is is talking about late-term abortion, and I don't know if everybody knows who Kamala Harris is. She's a senator. Senator running for uh, president in, the 20, in 2020. Well, I, did, well, I guess you know more than me. I know she's where? a Democrat. A, a, a Democratic senator from she's, California. She's from okay. California. Yeah. But um, during the State of the Union address, and a president was again, I'm going to say it again, talked, was looking at the Democratic Party and looked them straight in the eye and blasted them for killing uh, of a baby moments before its birth, then promised to ask Congress to pass a law banning late-term abor late abortion. His statements elicited cheers from the GOP, obviously. A sit-down strike. <laughs> but, you know, the Democrats all were wearing white. white. Uh, the Democrat Party mm -hmm. was wearing like white. white that, sepulchers. That that's night. what that reminds me of, but rotten on the inside because that's ridiculous. Anyway, Senator Kamala Harris, she tweeted while, while, um, while she was there. And I don't know, I... I tried to print it out so that you could all see what she tweeted, but it was a statement that said, politicians should not tell women what to do with their bodies. Um, but between every word and between every line, there were little icons of hands clapping, mm -hmm. you know, so that she was uh, celebrating abortion with hand claps. Yeah, this thing about... They shouldn't be told what to do with their bodies. The moment they are carrying an innocent life, the moment that they are carrying a soul, they do no longer have absolute 100% decision-making uh, rights over their bodies, as far as I'm concerned. The baby has a right, and the rights of the child are being violated. And just to reiterate what the president was saying, in his speech, he said, I am asking Congress to pass legislation to prohibit the late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in the mother's womb. Let us work together to build a culture that cherishes innocent life, and let us reaffirm a fundamental truth. All children, born and unborn, are made in the holy image of God. Right. But, you know, I almost bypassed this article until I saw all those little hand claps from Kamala Harris in her tweet, and it was just, it was ridiculous, and that's what caught my eye. And I'm thinking, um, I, I just don't understand. Because they don't, People regard, don't, they don't regard life. They don't look 
a, a child's uh, life as being worth anything. You know, and when you're in the womb, for some reason, women have degraded themselves to the point where the, the ability to carry life is no longer esteemed as being something that is, that is to be looked upon as something that is miraculous, something that is Basically, it's, it's like holy in the sense that the Lord has bestowed upon them the ability to carry life in their body. Instead of looking at that as being something to be honored, now women almost look at it as something to despise. And they look at motherhood almost as if it's something to be ashamed of or something that you can just discard through abortion. The only time when they, when they consider babies to be life is like when a... When a, when a uh, pregnant woman gets shot and killed then all of a sudden it's a life life now the person that killed a pregnant woman served two life sentences mm -hmm. but, right. but right. when it comes to abortion oh it's not a life then it's right. a fetus right. or it's it used to be that when a, when a person uh, became pregnant it, it was a it was a precious moment it was a moment to celebrate you know you're celebrating a, a new life you're celebrating an innocent life and now it's as if take it for granted right and, and you just don't regard the miracle of, of, of giving birth you just don't regard the miracle that is within the womb you just have no idea no concept women so, have, have they have degraded themselves there was a time when they, they were sort of on a pedestal now they're just down in the trenches with the all dumps the <laughs> so the you know Twitter I guess lit up about this and crushed her for what she responded to the president and and you know you can look at you, you actually go to Kamala Harris's webpage and then I guess you can see all of this you know and but somebody had uh, answered and saying Harris's record as a senator should keep her abortion industry friends happy as well she earned a hundred percent voting score from the National Abortion and Reproductive Rights Action League they have a in, to say reproduction. in 2017, mostly due to her opposition of President Trump's judicial nominees, she has helped vote down two key pro-life bills, the Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, a bill that would have banned abortion, banned abortion after 20 weeks, and also the no taxpayer funding for abortion and abortion insurance full disclosure act which is a bill that would have protected americans from paying for abortions on demand through either their tax dollars or their insurance premiums so um but anyway moving on um there's a pro-abortion group that is suing over a heartbeat abortion ban the uh an abortion advocacy group is attempting to prevent Mississippi law from taking effect that bans abortions when a baby's heartbeat can first be detected. Okay. Um, it's like the exact opposite of aborting while a baby's just about ready to be born. Mm -hmm. And this is saying at the first sign of what we consider to be life, which is a heartbeat, we shouldn't be able to terminate that abortion. Somebody has to speak up rights of the child. A child have a right? Yes, babies have rights, but somebody has to speak up for the baby, because the baby cannot speak up for herself. And when a woman becomes pregnant, she no longer has 100% right to make a decision that could negatively affect a child. Now, that's, 
one of the most restrictive abortion bans in the United States, that Missis the Miss the one in uh, Mississippi, and um, so I don't I don't know if it passed or if it's um, still going before the legislature. In an interview with EWTN, which is the Eternal Word uh, Television Network. It said the possibility of a lawsuit over the heartbeat law welcomed, they welcomed the legal battle. We feel certain there will be a lawsuit filed. <laughs> you know, you just right. anticipate it. Yes, once you put and it out he, there, you have to anticipate that somebody's going to oppose you. If we've got to fight over something, an unborn child is worth the struggle and the battle we, in, and the battle, and we intend to wage it. Um, so that's the, the governor of of Mississippi talking to Eternal Word Network. So moving on, and I guess just the end of March, there was a billboard on Times Square. And you know how, I, I, I don't know, if you weren't in New York, you would have seen it. And I only know what I see on TV about New York, from watching Good Morning America, how they have these big billboards and how they have these things up in lights and it's, you know, you uh, way up high, you know, as you're walking, you can see. And it said, was Jesus a Jew or a Christian? And so- Both. What in the world are they talking about? <laughs> the digital billboard uh, blew up uh, these two, these interesting questions in Times Square, and you know they have probably over 300,000 people, pedestrians passing through there. And Charisma Magazine reports that the bill, billboard said, was Jesus a Jew or a Christian? And did Jesus come to start a new religion? No. So this rabbi, which is a, who is the host of the international broadcast discovering the Jewish Jesus wanted to announce via the billboard, digital billboard, a seven part online docu-series that will challenge viewers preconceived beliefs about religion and Jesus. The JewishJesus.com billboard is featured alongside others was featured alongside other significant organizations and is located beside NASDAQ. Okay. So Jesus came as a Jew, lived as a Jew, and died as a Jew. He still is a Jew and is the savior of Israel and salvation of the world. Right. So yeah. the rabbi and hopes and, and, and prays. And he's Christian too, because this is what people fail to realize. Christianity is just a continuation of of the Jewish uh, faith. And people don't want to admit that, but the Lamb was before the world was. And all that it has done is taken the Jewish faith from being under the law into grace. And then by grace, it has counted everybody under sin so that the veil which separated Gentiles from Jewish people due to the law would be destroyed so that all could be saved through grace. Whereas before, in order to, um, because man had sinned so and gone so far from the Lord, before, in order to have any sense of what was 
was the truth. As long as the, the Jewish nation was walking according to God's will, the only way a person could really come to understand the Lord, for the most part, because he said there were some who were law unto themselves, but for the most part, they had to convert to Judaism. So this this uh, division that they make between Jews and Christians is almost like saying Jews and Gentiles, and that's not what the Lord intended at all. Mm-hmm. Now the, the Gentile nation, as a nation, accepted Christ, but the first believers were to the household of faith, which were Jews, and then to us, and we are the wild branch grafted in the natural tree is that of the Jews. And, and people find that offensive, and I don't know why. Well, this rabbi believes that if you know the history of Christianity and Judaism properly, it is easy to share the gospel with Jewish people and appreciate the Hebrew culture at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now moving on to Hollywood, rapper DMX delivers prayer about God, God's favor at Kanye West's growing Sunday service. I didn't know that there was... Kanye West, you know, him. we talked about Kanye him. It's West. the husband of... And this is the, yes, Kanye West is a, a rapper, producer, and he's married to Kim Kardashian. Now, this isn't the one that had this public breakdown, is it? Yeah, he oh. had like a public breakdown of his mother dying, Delanda West, years ago after a lot of surgery. Is this the one that was speaking gibberish when he, when he was with... Trump? Yes, he, oh. met, he met Trump in the White House. Okay. Anyway, he delivered a powerful prayer about God's favor during Kanye West's growing and exclusive Sunday service event over a recent weekend, declaring his love for Jesus and how God is opening doors for him that were once closed. The Sunday service began in January and includes prayer, live music, usually provided by a gospel choir, and the choir usually sings versions of West's songs such as Jesus Walks, Father Stretch My Hands, Lift Off, and West himself leading musical portion of each service. Every attendee is reportedly required to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, uh, agreement to non-disclose what? I guess to, uh, I guess to share it, to share it, to share it with. Uh-huh. with the well, I think maybe because like of that. the music or something. Because I don't know what. So, so you're going in to worship, but you have to sign a non-disclosure yeah. of whatever takes place inside the service. Whatever takes place inside the service that you don't talk about, you keep it. <laughs> I guess it's like what goes on that stage there. It's like Vegas. It's all right. <laughs> well, anyway, I I I was just re, you know glancing through this. Um, and, and Kanye West's wife previously noted that her family was on the path to spiritual enlightenment. Enlightenment. But yeah. it remains unclear whether they intend on starting any kind of church. However, Chris Jenner who is Kanye West's mother-in-law, is already the co-owner of the California Community Church. Her involvement with the church 
that charges $1,000 a month membership fee has been criticized by some as a tax scam. You know, that's what it sounds like. But, you know, there are certain... Now, and there are certain organizations, because even, even the Jewish, Jewish right. organizations, they charge. Uh, uh, I can't really knock it, because I know that I remember I, I used to go to a hairdresser who, um, you know, how, how people talk when you get your hair done and stuff, and she was saying that she they belonged to a synagogue, and, well, they didn't go for some time, because they couldn't. They couldn't come up with the amount of money that they made. And I don't think the Lord them. approves of that. See, I think that that's something that's man-made. I surely do not believe that that was something that was established by God. That's something that was established by man. Well, anyway, that's... And some little... synagogues actually close down because they, they can't afford the fees. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. So now we did touch on Joel Osteen um, or this history channel jesus his life but i did not realize until i I ran across this article that joel osteen you know the televangelist pastor of lakewood church he was on uh, abc's good morning america recently to talk about his upcoming eight-part history channel series series detailing the life of christ through the eyes of people that were around Jesus and I guess that the church um, I don't know they're they're like um, you know since he has experienced producing behind the scenes when his father was pastor at Lakewood Church um, that he was picked I guess to help produce this as well I thought he was just he he's uh, co-producing this, and I thought he was just on there as a speaker, you know, like a contributing. But he actually um, co-produced well. this series, so I guess it's on the History Channel. It has already started, I think. Yeah, it started around uh, March 25th. It's probably over now because it probably lasts about like a good week. How many parts were to it? Probably like eight parts. Okay. So eight it's probably parts. gone now. You think? I mean, what, what I a week? I don't know. I think uh, that uh, it's still it's, on because it I thought, be. I think it's still on. Right. Oh. I what, think it's still it going on. Um, Jesus, his life. So it's it's through the eyes of um, people around him. So you he, know, so, how, how you know, that know? could be like people around me. They, everybody's got an opinion about but how would they know what the person's opinion was? What did they do? Channel them? I mean, except for oh, the because I, I can't figure out how they did this, except for maybe uh, it's like, Mary, you know, who, who the Lord prophesied that it would be like a knife being, a, a sword being put through her heart. So I can understand the, the sorrow that she would have felt. Uh, but how would they, uh, except for the scriptures that relate to John I mean, the Baptist but, I, or Pilate, but other than that... Well, like Peter, you know, this is what Osteen says. He was an everyday person. And this is his quote. I love the fact that Jesus, when he chose his disciples, he didn't choose people that you would expect. Peter was a fisherman. He was rough. He made mistakes. Sometimes he cussed people out. Yet he was Jesus' close disciple. And even Sometimes when he failed... he cussed people out. They had one incident where... He, he lost it, you know, but this is what I can't understand. How would he, except for what's in the scriptures, 
unless they're going to step outside the scriptures and extrapolate from there what they think his reactions are going to be, other other than what's in the Bible, what else are they going to yeah, add? Because yeah, anything else that they add outside of the scripture to me means absolutely nothing. Yeah. In any event, Joel Osteen says people need the message of Christ more than ever, than more than ever now than before. Yes, he does. I know I do, but I know he does too. <laughs> he sort of puts himself outside that circle. Oh, you guys need the message. No, we all need it. We all do. Anyway, uh, quickly, our last topic here is talking about miracles. So there was a uh, fire recently, actually two fires at a Wisconsin church. And there was a 150-year-old Bible that survived both fires. It's, it was in Springs United Methodist Church of Plover and recently endured a devastating fire that destroyed the entire building. But the Bible, which is a hun about 150 years old, survived the fire and another fire from earlier this month. And the pastor declared that it was truly a work of God. I okay. think this is really something special, a true work of God. The first church fire was in the 1950s uh, when it was located at St. Paul's Methodist Church in downtown Stevens Point. But um, it's something that a Bible, a single Bible, you know, uh, was untouched. And the other one, firefighters were praising God after not one Bible was burned in a fire that destroyed a church and the members of Cole City Fire Department in West Virginia acknowledged God's power recently after a devastating fire burned down a local church but failed to destroy any of the Bibles inside the church. Okay. So you can picture this a building that had that was so hot that the firefighters had to back out because they were afraid for their lives, but not one single Bible, not okay. one single Bible burned. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the word where he said, uh, every, the heaven and earth can pass away, but my word still stands. Amen. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Psalm 24 and 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world is and they that dwell therein. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, after Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to Mary Magdalene and then to the disciples and then showed them his hands and his side, and he said, Peace be unto you. What did he do? And the answer is, he breathed on them. And the answer can be found in John chapter 20, verses 21 to 22, which reads, Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith to them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Last, this week's food for thought is, Which disciple said, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak? 
Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.